in New Orleans. They call the rising sun. Show Wake and Take Podcast Bank for another week in another Vikings victory. Brady Haltmeyer alongside Brady Galbraith in person tonight. No call-ins tonight, PG, but another Vikings victory 27-19 over the New Orleans Saints and the uh, a former team that was pretty high on our most hated list, BG. They're probably not up there anymore, but uh, anytime you beat the Saints, it's good. And now we got the Denver Broncos coming up, which is basically the Saints in our mind now with uh, Sean Payton being the head coach of the Broncos. Two wins in just 12 days for Josh Jobs. A lot of injury news to talk about. A lot of guys coming back. Vikings starting to get healthy. Also a big addition to the IR that was added on Sunday in Jordan Hicks. We'll talk about all of that. Um, but BG, five in a row for the Vikes now. They're 6-4. and four. The Lions still atop the NFC North at 7-2. and two. Um, But the Vikings looking good right now and with a pretty favorable schedule uh, the rest of the way, at least the next two weeks in particular. Yeah, the Vikings control their own destiny for the rest of the season. Two games down, and we got two games against Detroit. Uh, One on week 18, I believe. So we'll see if that game matters. It'd be nice if it did, and then we we beat Detroit. I can't remember if that's at home or in Detroit, but uh, to beat them with that last game, that would be awesome. But, yeah, this past Sunday, it it was a great win, you know, I think a lot of people talking about the game, national media and so on, and even the spread, I forget what it ended at, but a lot of people were thinking the Saints were going to win this game, that it was going to be a close game and a close win for the Saints. And the whole week leading up to the game, I thought the Vikings were absolutely going to win it. I didn't think the Saints were that good of a team. Um, Not a team that we fear, especially with the way our defense has been playing and the way Dobbs was playing the game before. Who knew if he was going to repeat that week two against New Orleans, and he he definitely did that. Uh, 20 for 30, he went two passing touchdowns, also a rushing touchdown. Only threw for 158 yards, but accurate and picked up uh, 66 yards on his feet. So he doesn't have to have the best passing game in the world. He doesn't have to throw for 300, 350 yards, which it seemed like Kirk Cousins had to do. Uh, definitely... Uh, against some of the better opponents but if Josh Dobbs can just pass the ball not turn over the ball and move the sticks with his feet I think that our offense is just going to do fine it's a one and a half game sample size it's pretty dang small now but so far from what we've seen from Dobbs it's just absolutely phenomenal and I'm really liking what the Vikings have right now with that combo of offense and defense it's strange to say without Kirk without JJ but Maybe I'm drinking too much Kool-Aid, but I feel like we could almost beat anybody still right now with the way we're playing defense, defending teams, and we're a resilient team on offense that are finding a way to move the ball, whether it's, you know, your running game isn't doing well or you fumble the ball on the five-yard line. We're still winning games, and it's feeling like a little bit of 2022 magic lately. Yeah, it, it certainly is. We were talking about that before we started potty. We're, we're just finding a way right now to win these games, and, of course, um, the Saints game, uh, kind of a classic Vikings game, get out to a big lead in the first half, 24-3. And when we got that thir- that uh, that last score, I think it was the field goal to put us up. No, we had a field goal early in the game, so it was I, the last touchdown. And I will just say, I yeah. was totally looking at the Falcon stats for Dobbs. 158 yards sounded a little bit too light. Yeah, I was I was going to say, I thought I thought it was a little he more. He had mid- 268. Okay. My yeah. bad. One passing touchdown. Obviously, the one rushing touchdown and 44 rushing yards. 
There you go. A good a good game nonetheless, and I have a uh, he broke a record this week too in NFL um, record for the first two games with a new team. Um, I can look at that in just a moment. Uh, but the Vikings, everything's kind of coming together right now, and I feel like even though the record isn't as good as it was last year at this time, VG, that this team is probably better uh, at six and four than they were last year. I don't know what we were at this point, maybe nine and one, something like yeah, that. Eight, eight and two, eight and two. Um, but I think this is a better football team, like you mentioned, doing all of this without Kirk Cousins and, and without J.J. I mean, we're 5-0 and without J.J. He's practicing again this week. He's not likely going to play, but there's always a chance he could play um, this week or, or possibly next week against the Bears before the bye week. Um, but I think the likely favored um, outcome for Justin Jefferson returning is probably after the bye week. BG just being really careful with that hamstring injury. Don't want to rush that back. It can be a very naggy uh, kind of come back at your injury if you don't take the necessary time. So I think they will be smart on JJ. Wait till after the bye. So the Vikings will have likely, in my opinion, two more games without him, but against two very winnable uh, teams. And Denver, they've been pretty terrible for most of the season. They've won the last two weeks against uh, what they beat Burrow, not Burrow, uh, Mahomes two weeks ago, and then they just beat somebody else really good um, this past week. BG will look it up for me. But they, they're coming off two pretty big wins, and I think the momentum in the, the – They beat the Bills. The Bills, thank you, against Josh week. Allen. And then he beat Patrick Mahomes last week. <clears throat> they did. And I think Ross is playing a lot better than he was, especially last season, uh, the last few weeks. I haven't watched a ton of his games, but just reading online about them. Um, about the Broncos. They're saying they're playing some decent football right now. I think Sean Payton, he's coaching for his job. So it should be a very uh, hard-fought game. The Vikings, once again, though, BG, are favored. I'm sorry, not favored. And I think it was a surprise, at least to me, that they weren't favored last week at home. They were like four-point dogs, three-and-a-half-point dogs, something like that against the Saints. This week it is on the road. It is in mile high for Sunday night football. Not super surprised that it's, I think, uh, plus two and a half. For two the and a half, yep. Yeah, plus two and a half. We'll see what it closes at. I think the injury news is going to play a big part in that. Um, Alexander Madison, he's questionable to play, but likely will. K.J. Osborne, same deal with him. Um, Jordan Hicks, he went on the IR, missed. I think he only played like 26 snaps on defense for the Vikings in the game against the Saints. So Ivan Pace comes in. He then has to take over the green dot, which means he's getting the play calls in his helmet. Um, so he had to take over the play call and responsibilities for the defense. Uh, and so that's another hole for the Vikings to fill. We do have a couple of QBs coming off IR, though. And Nick Mullins, he was reactivated, so he has a 21-day window. We can start practicing now. And I think he can be reactivated any time in that window. And then after that, he might, if he's not ready to go, they have to put him back on the IR uh, Jaron Hall, he was practicing as well. BG, you got a stat for us over there or something? <laughs> I don't. Oh, I thought you were looking. No, you were looking up the uh, the, the quarterback. Thank yep. you. Yeah. Um, so it, it'll be. Uh, it, it should be a hard fought game. I I think the Vikings will win this game though, and I will pick them in pick segment. Um, if we're going to do one this week, I don't know. We haven't done a very good job on pick segment this year, but <laughs> uh, we're starting to get healthy at the right time. And I just think we're playing good quality football. The defense. It isn't perfect. They're not. Uh, I think they're still middle of the pack. They've been pretty dang good the last three weeks, though. Uh, and I think if we can get a full game out of the defense, uh, you know, from start to finish, where they gave up a few big plays to to Jameis Winston, and when Derek Carr went down, that was really the only way I could see the Vikings losing that game. Uh, was with Jameis Winston coming in, getting a little pop, but Jameis doing what he always does, <laughs> throwing for two pretty crazy touchdowns, especially that second one. Yeah. 
Um, but just slinging the ball then <laughs> with he no disregard. <laughs> just did two arm punts on back-to-back possessions. But um, Vikings is taking care of a pretty bad NFC South this year, which is good. Uh, and so we'll see what they can do with the rest of the season. But it's all going to come down to the two Lions games, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's nice we get the late bye. Um, you know, you get a sense some teams throughout the course of the season, they really need a bye. Like things are just going bad and they can really benefit with the week off of football. And I don't feel that way about the Vikings right now. We're hot, obviously. What is it, a five-game win streak we're yep. on right now? Yep. So <clears throat> it's nice that we haven't had our bye early in the season um, because I know that sucks when you get scheduled early in the season and have to play the last, you know, 11 weeks of the year without a break. So we're late, and we don't need it right now, which I think is going to benefit us so we can get our team even healthier, get a week off, refreshed, uh, fresh legs going into the NFC North part of our schedule. But, yeah, it's been a really fun part of the season right now. We were talking before we started recording about the – um, hard knocks that is getting recorded in season. Yep. And I'm just thinking they're doing the Dolphins. The Dolphins are going to be really cool to see, I think. They're a good team. Mike McDaniel is going to be really fun to watch. But I'm just thinking of it. Why wouldn't you do the Minnesota Vikings right now with Josh Dobbs? I feel like everybody's on the Viking side at a national level, and the national media are covering Josh Dobbs and the whole NASA thing and the pastor not and yep. all that. Like, it seems like the, the, the world is behind the Vikings right now with this five-game win streak, and it would be so intriguing just to see the cameras in the Vikings locker room with Dobbs um, trying to take over that team on a two-game win streak. I thought that would have been a really cool angle, but nonetheless, the Dolphins are a good pick. Um, I didn't watch the one last year. I think last year was the first one they did it, maybe with the Cardinals. Uh, I can't remember who, but I'll definitely be chiming in uh, this year. Uh, I don't remember who they did it with. There was it's one on NFL. like Amazon Prime. Oh yes, like, I did watch that. It. That must was from the Cardinals. It was probably three or four or five years ago at this point now, but it was the Cardinals. Yeah, and it was pretty good. It, it was just like hard knocks um, in the the, the training camp version, uh, but it was good. I mean, it'll be super fun to see Mike McDaniel's. Like you said, he's just a very entertaining guy, funny personality. Um, so yep. he'll he'll be a lot of fun to see on there um, for sure. Um, what else do I have on here on the Vikings? So I mentioned Hicks. So he had surgery. He was in the hospital on Monday night, stayed the night um, in, in the hospital. He was released on Tuesday, and then the Vikings put Hicks onto IR. So he had some sort of syndrome in his shin. So he got hit in his shin, which caused some swelling or bleeding. I'm not sure internally or what, but it caused enough pressure in his shin where he had to have uh, some sort of emergency surgery to take out the uh, – take out the pressure. It's called compartment syndrome. Um, so he could be back in four weeks. I mean, he's eligible to be back in four weeks, which would be the Christmas Eve game against the Lions. Now, whether, I don't know the timetable on a compartment syndrome surgery or, you know, the how long that takes to heal. And if you do come back, can you go full speed right away? That kind of stuff. So who knows on Hicks, but he's out for at least four weeks. Hopefully we can get him back because he's a huge part of our defense, and especially um, the last few weeks. Just he, he is the signal car. He's the quarterback of the defense for us, so it's a, a huge hole to fill for Ivan Pace, who will be the one with the green dot on Sunday. Now the Vikings then this week decided to go out and get Anthony Barr, first-round pick from 2014. I think back in the Spielman days, I think it was 2014, it was a first-round pick for the Vikes. Um, so he's back. Um, I'm not sure. Was he on? He, he couldn't have been on contract with anybody, was he? Unless I he think was, he was uh, on the practice squad. Okay. <clears throat> he was on the, the Cowboys last year. Not sure if he was this year, but I think he was on the practice squad. And I did see today that he was in Philadelphia for a meeting with the Eagles when the Vikings signed him. 
Um, so that's good that the Vikings beat the Eagles, who we're always uh, ha- happy to beat the Eagles because we don't get a lot of wins in the field. So we'll take one of the free agents that they wanted or the practice squad guys that they wanted, which is good. And with um, Hicks going down, good to have some um, depth, I guess, the linebacker position with Barr because uh, that would be uh, a position you want to have uh, somebody who's experienced if Hicks were, I mean, if uh, Pace were to go down, we really have no other options. Um, so a good depth signing for the Vikings. Maybe Barr can provide some uh, blitzes off the edge or something. We'll see how B-Flow uh, will handle that. But the defense is just, they've been awesome for the most part. BG, really on the whole five-game win streak, they've had, um, it, it feels like two turnovers every game. I don't have the numbers in front of me what it actually is, but it feels like they're producing two, three turnovers every game, whether it be a pick uh, or a strip sack or just stripping the ball out of a receiver's hands. They've been, they've, they've been awesome. Uh, the last few weeks, and you can win a lot of football games doing that. And that's what I feel like a big difference is between this this year and this uh, the last year. I think we were averaging 30 points a game last year, and we obviously had a great record, but you never felt comfortable. It was always a one-score game versus the good teams that we beat and versus the bad teams. But with B-Flow on the defense, you know, it's just a different ball game. Like, you feel comfortable when your defense is on the field. Um, I, th- I don't know what we're holding opponents to points-wise this year, but it's got to be probably low 20s and up there with NFL ranks. It's it's Let's It's see. been a sight to see. It's been really fun. We've allowed 209 <clears throat> points over 10 games. 209? So, yeah, yeah it's 20. 20? Yeah, just over 20. <clears throat> yeah, 20. And 20. I think 9. we've talked about it before. We're probably not going to have him at the end of this year because he's too good of a DC and he's going to yeah. get a head coaching job, which is awesome for him. But if we can just some way replicate this, it would be great and just build this here in Minnesota and be known as like a blitzing culture or something like that. Now, the one thing, I don't, I don't know if we mentioned on the pod last week or not, but the one thing that is to note about the Flores situation is that he is uh, still in an active um, legal dispute with the NFL over uh, the whole situation with the Miami Dolphins where he was saying, um, the owner down there was telling them to lose games and he was going to give uh, Flores $100,000 for every game they lost to improve their draft stock for the following year. There was a tanking scheme, essentially, essentially that Flores was being paid for or they were going to pay him for. And so that could have some impact. I mean, when you sue the NFL, um, it puts a target on your back, so to speak, whether that be, uh, I don't I don't know how they works in the backroom deals and that kind of stuff, but I would imagine that it would have something to do with it. And Mike Florio mentioned that, the PFF guy, uh, mentioned that on Paul Allen's show last week. So I, I think that could possibly play a factor. Maybe an NFL owner doesn't want to hire a head coach that is actively suing the NFL, um, at, at least while the Ooh. legal proceedings are going on. Big They're just showing that replay of the Mark Andrews injury, which does not look good. Mm. <clears throat> and Lamar him. was slamming his helmet earlier, I saw indicating how bad it was. Jeez. Um, Thursday night football going on right now. Bengals and the Ravens. BG, any other thoughts from the win against the Saints? No. Let's just keep moving forward with Dobbs. He's the guy of the year. Let's do it. Go in to Denver, get a big win in primetime against their coach. Um, That would be a sight for sore eyes. It certainly would. Here's the number on Dobbs and the stat of the day on Dobbs. He became the first player in NFL history with at least 400 passing yards and 100 rushing yards with no interceptions in his first two games with the team. 
Um, he has 426 passing yards, 110 rushing yards in his first two starts with the Vikings, both coming against top 10 defenses in the Saints and the Falcons. So, I mean, everything you could ask for for Josh Jobs. The first, like, 15 plays of his career in Minnesota looked awful. Um, the first fumble was awful. Everything since then has just been unreal. I mean, Kevin O'Connell deserves to be one of the favorites for Coach of the Year. And, and right now he baffling is. That he, he is, mm-hmm. really. Oh, and, you know what? Nope, that's Chris Finch. Finchie, sorry about that. Well, we'll talk about them next. That's a good segue because we're going to go into T-Wolves in just a second. I looked on some obscure website. I don't know um, if it was good. It had, like, all the different draft, you know, DraftKings, MGM, Caesars, all the different books on this one website. I don't know if it was legit, but it, he was, like, seventh or eighth on most of their lists um, for Coach of the Year. It was, like, plus 3,000 or something like that for, um, for Kevin O'Connell. I wrote down the top... Let's see, Dan Campbell was first. He was like plus 150. Wow. Um, D'Amico Ryan was like plus 500. Then Mike McDaniels, Mike Tomlin even, and um, a handful of other names ahead of KOC in the odds. But I'll have to double-check those odds because it seems like KOC would be top five at least. I mean, to have yeah. your star receiver go down, your star quarterback go down, and to win five straight games, be 6-4 and firmly in the race for the NFC North or at least for a, a playoff spot. Um, and to not even be mentioned in the top five is kind of ridiculous. And I forget who's behind us in the NFC wildcard race, but they are not a good team. And I think right now it's like a two-game difference this early on in the season. So obviously you don't want to play around with that and take that for granted, but it's worthy to know. Yep. Um, last thing to wrap up on the Vikes, and we'll go to a little T-Wolves, and then BG, you and I will watch this football game. Um, Thursday practice report, injury report from – Thursday's practice of Caleb Evans did not practice with a calf injury. That would be another blow for the defense. I, I always have been a, a Caleb fan, or at least the last two seasons since he's <laughs> been with us, or is only two seasons with in, in the NFL. But I just like the way he plays. He makes some mistakes at times, but he plays really physical. Uh, he's good in the run support, and I think he makes uh, pretty good decisions in pass coverage as well. He did not practice. That would be a big loss. Hoping he can play on Sunday with a calf injury. Alexander Madison with his concussion. He was a limited participant today. Same with Brian Asamoah. TJ Hawkinson limited as well. And Nick Mullins um, limited full participants. Josh Dobbs, who was uh, limited yesterday in their walkthrough on Wednesday with an ankle injury. He was full today, which is good. Um, Jaron Hall, uh, the presumed backup at this point, um, was a full participant as well. Um, KJ Osborne, he's on there as well, full participant. The rest of them just backups. Um, but the injury report looking better, certainly looking better uh, for the Vikings. Let's talk T-Wolves, BG. Um, crazy, crazy week for the Timberwolves. They beat Golden State twice, The both at in Golden State. The second one, um, the second game, I think they played like Sunday. They had a bye, a day off rather, and then they played on Tuesday, something like that. The Tuesday game in Golden State, a fight broke out in the first two minutes of the game, and... Let's see, McDaniels was ejected, so was um, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Rudy Gobert not ejected, but for anybody who didn't see it, can you give them a little quick 15, 20-second recap and then your thoughts on the events? Yeah, it's funny. They showed, a f- they showed a stat during the broadcast or somewhere after that it was the first fight um, where three players have been ejected before any points were scored since the NBA and the ABA merger, which is, <laughs> wow. pretty, which is pretty funny. Um but, yeah, 
I saw it live. I was watching the game, and what I saw was that Clay Thompson was boxing uh, McDaniel's out, and he just grabbed his jersey up high, wouldn't let go of it. McDaniel's obviously slaps his hand down and grabs his jersey, and they, you know, tussle on over to half court where McDaniel's rips Thompson's jersey. Um, Rudy comes running in. He puts his arm around uh, Clay's chest, neck area. Yep. Um, I think, in my eyes, honestly, trying to separate it. I don't think he was trying to choke him or anything. He's just trying to separate him. And then Draymond comes in out of nowhere, sprinting. Um, seemed like he had that, was waiting for that moment his whole life to, to find a fight where Rudy was there so he could jump on him. <laughs> but hung on to Rudy for a good 20 seconds, choking him out, actually, pretty tight. And it took like two or three guys to get him off. So those three were ejected. It was just announced now that Draymond has been suspended five games. Still waiting to see if there's going to be a fine with that. I'd put my money that it, there will be. Yep. Um, totally deserved it. Uh, an interesting start to the night. And I'm really glad, especially after that, <clears throat> that the Wolves won. And going 2-0, and sweeping the Warriors in Golden State. No matter who's playing both games. That's that's yeah. really impressive. Honestly, it is. And... and now two and zero in the play-in. Did you mention that as well? Two and zero in the play-in tournament yep. or the uh, mid-season play? I don't know. It's not the play-in, but whatever it is. Yeah, they just called the in-season tournament. In-season, thank you. <laughs> the in-season tournament. Um, so that's cool as well. And anyway, I know we've talked about this a bunch, but all of that concluding in Vegas on the same weekend as the Vikings and the Raiders um, in December. I think December twelfth or something like that is uh, that game. Yeah, December tenth. Tenth, <clears throat> December tenth. There you have it. Um, let's see. What other T-Wolves stuff did I have? Se- they've won seven in a row, um, I, I think. I think that was a record for, yeah, it was seven in a row. Uh, it was 20 years ago, I think we had that seven-game win streak. So the good times are back, and even though we lost, we got blown out in Phoenix yesterday. Yep. Or I should say, um, what would um, that be, Wednesday night? Yep. It was expected to lose a game. You're on a you're on a road trip right now. It's your fourth game, I think. You got one more, and then you come back. Two big wins in in Golden State. A really dramatic win, um, and probably an emotional win in yep. that second game. You kind of get drained coming into Phoenix. So eight and three. We were first in the Western Conference for about thirty minutes, and then the Denver Nuggets yeah. won. So yeah. we remained in second. I don't know where we're at now, but I think we're either two and three. Probably pretty close with the Mavs. Looks like we're three. The Mavs are nine and three. We're eight and three. Yep. And the Nuggets are nine and two. Um, but I think the Wolves are still. Uh, let's see. I don't know if it has it on the app here. They were the number one defense, whether that be efficiency or points per game. I'm not sure, but they were the number one defense for, and maybe they still are. Yeah, I think we still are. Who knows with the Suns game? But yeah, we're the number one overall defense in just about every stat. And when we were number one, we were number two. I saw that I think we've held opponents to under 100 points four times or five times this season. And whatever it is, that's how many times we held opponents to under 100 the whole past season. So pretty incredible what they're doing. Chris Finch explained it. I can't remember if we've talked about this on the pod, but last year they tried to funnel everything in towards Gobert where he would, you know, hopefully block everything. But he said over the season, the offseason, he was just thinking that's too much pressure on Gobert. And we've got good enough defenders, so just try to stay in front of your man. If they beat you, then we got Gobert helping you out, yep. and it's they've totally looked better. It's a really fun uh, team to watch really every game. Let's see. It looks like they've held, in the regular season at least, the Raptors, the Heat, 
in October. In November, the Nuggets, the Jazz, to under 100. So four teams um, to under 100 and what, only uh, 11 games. 11 games. That's pretty dang good. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty dang good, especially yep. in this version of the NBA. Um, but, yeah, good to see Rudy stepping in there for uh, McDaniels. Clay Thompson's jersey got ripped in the whole process of it all. Um, I was surprised to see that Rudy didn't get tossed out. I know his – it wasn't really a chokehold. He just, from behind, he grabbed Clay Thompson around sh- more shoulders than head area, but there was a little neck involved. But he grabbed him just – I don't know. He looked so much bigger than him. Part of the problem was that he's a foot taller than him. Um, probably not quite a foot, but still, mm-hmm. you get my point. Had him in a little bit of a chokehold, and then Draymond came in and it was just full-blown MMA, like, <laughs> I'm going to choke you out. And he was really hanging on. Um, <clears throat> so then, yeah, they, they break all that up. They eject Clay, They eject Draymond. But Clay Thompson, he started the whole thing. I, he, I'm not expecting to see him get fined, but the fact that he was so upset after he got ejected for that was crazy. And I mean, Steve he was Kerr wrong. was too. I don't yeah. know if you heard that. He was just defending everybody, even Draymond. Well, the post-game press conference from, from Steve Kerr was crazy. Yeah. He, he was like, Clay Thompson didn't do anything. Clay Thompson started the whole thing. He grabbed Jaden McDaniels' jersey. McDaniels stood up for himself, and then Rudy came in to get his teammates back, uh, and then it kind of spiraled out of there from from Draymond Green. Just a total hothead who's had some some troubles before. But I get to see the NBA actually stepping in and giving him a five-game suspension. I don't know if NBA fans are happy about that, but... It yeah, I like, think it was on the higher side with what people yeah, are thinking. I think it is. I mean, it's higher than I thought. Maybe I was just thinking you'd get fined, and you still could. Um, but good to see the T Wolves off to a good start. Chris Finch, he's the favorite for Coach of the Year. Yeah, I think he was plus seven hundred or plus eight hundred right now. Wow. Obviously, he's still really wide open. But you know, you start, and I think I looked at it when we were eight and two. It's tough to you know go against the T Wolves right now in general when you've got two wins in San Francisco a win against Denver, and a win against Boston, and Miami, for that matter. It's a really fun team to watch. We just got to stay consistent, healthy, and I think a big thing is trust each other with the ball. It doesn't have to come down to Ant or Towns. We've got a talented enough team. We've got a deep team. Um, I think deep teams are going to hurt teams down in the playoff run, so uh, we just got to use all our guys. We haven't used – I was going to say we haven't used Nas Reed a lot this year, uh, especially the past – probably three or four games, and that's not because anything about Nas Reed. It's just then Carl and Rudy have been playing well together, and the really important piece, Towns especially, has been staying out of foul trouble yep. where we hadn't need Nas Reed in the first quarter and the second quarter, which is great because we have that option, but you know, with the amount of money we're paying Cat, he's got to be out there every night just like Ant, just like Rudy and the other guys. Definitely. Definitely. So good to see Cat staying out of foul trouble. Hopefully that continues. Um, for Mr. Carl Towns. While well, 7-3 in the football game, BG, I got nothing else. I do actually have one thing here. on Well, kind of pertaining to, to Wolves, so definitely to the Wolves. Twins as well and the Minnesota Wilds. So in the Star Tribune today, a uh, big write-up about if it was some, it was like an opinion article about, oh, the T-Wolves, the Wild, and the Twins should make their own streaming network because – Today in bankruptcy, or this week, I should say, in bankruptcy court, um, Bally Sports North, which is the the streaming company for all the Minnesota teams, besides the Vikings, but for the other ones, the, the Timberwolves, Twins, and the Wild, uh, 
Bally Sports is going out of business. Diamond Sports is the Diamond Sports Group is the owner of Bally. They declared bankruptcy. So anyway, they haven't been pay, paying the Twins this last season at all for any of the games. They will have to pay them, I think, $56 million for the past season, um, which was settled in, Wednesday, um, in court on Wednesday. But anyway, all three of the Minnesota teams, Twins, Wolves, and Wild, will have no contract going into next season for their streaming deals. The Wolves will finish out this season on Bally Sports North. Uh, the, the the Wild, same deal. The Twins, they finished out their year. Um, they will be paid now, finally, for that season of revenue, but they don't have a deal announced, which the ripple effects, they, we've seen them already with the Twins, as Derek Falvey announced last week for the Twinkies that the um, the, the team revenue will be cut, or the uh, the payroll, I should say, will be cut next season, BG. I don't know if we're going to even be able to sign Sonny Gray um, mm. or if he's completely turned off to the idea now of re-signing him with Minnesota because he wants to be paid. He finished second uh, this week in Cy Young voting. So he's going to be paid like that, uh, and so we'll see what the the, uh, the Twins do there. But uh, a big opportunity here and potentially could be something for Fox 9+. plus. They're now streaming the St. Thomas basketball games all season. Maybe they'll step in, but it would be awesome if they put it over the air or just a, a simple streaming um, app. And the uh, the opinion piece in the Star Tribune said, like, it'd be great if they could all um, collaborate on one big app or one, like, Minnesota. You know, you pay one thing, and boom, you can get all three of these teams' games for the whole season. I don't think that's going to happen. Um in the um, court case, I guess, the MLB commissioner said something this week about how he wants all the MLB teams eventually to be under one broadcasting home, so they're all going to have the rights. So the MLB already owns the rights for the Padres and the Diamondbacks because of ownership issues there. So uh, my guess is the MLB is going to take it over for at least the Twins. We'll see what the Timberwolves and the Wild do. But anyway, your thoughts? Did it say anything in the article about a – I forget the team now, but it's a pro- professional team who has their own – Network their own streaming service they started. Um, yeah, I, I remember something about this the other I day. It's was somewhere it MLB? down south. No, it's like a state I think where it's like Arizona or something, and they have their NFL, NBA all on a package like that. Huh. No, I did. I didn't see anything about that. That's very interesting. Yeah, and I thought it was a great idea. I think I saw it earlier this year. For some reason, Arizona comes to mind, but yeah, it was their own streaming service. Well, at least in this article I read. Um, on the athletic, or no, it was Star Tribune rather. Um, it said the MLB already has the here it is sports networks operated under an umbrella company, Diamond Sports Group, uh, filed for bankruptcy. Blah 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 blah. Where is it? Maybe I didn't. Well, maybe I can't find it on here. But anyway, the the twins. Could have an opportunity to start their own thing or to have like a what, one Minnesota thing for everything, but it, it sounds like at least for next year, the Twins are going to go into some sort of deal with the MLB like they're doing for here it is. Uh, the MLB has taken over the production and distribution of Padres and Diamondbacks games, and Commissioner Rob Manford made it clear at trial in May. Oh, so it wasn't this last week. In May, that the league would like to do the same for more teams, ideally all of them sometime in the future, in order to create a, quote, one-stop shop for baseball content. Um, that could turn out to be the best alternative for the Twins, at least now, though it's unclear how much revenue that would generate. That's from the Star Tribune article. 
But it would be interesting, and it would be awesome if they just put them over the air. I think their viewership would go up a ton. I think when you're in the age of um, screen time, everybody's trying to get eyeballs on their screen. The best way to do that is to offer your screen time for free, get a ton more people to watch it, and then you can sell your ads for more. Look at what the NFL does. And obviously the NFL has a lot more popularity. It's a lot easier for them to do that because it's already worth so much. It's harder to do that when you're relying on that revenue paying for your payroll for this next season. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to take a $7 million loss this year. Um, although the, the billionaire owners in the poll ads probably could do that, but they don't want to, and they certainly wouldn't let that happen. So we'll see what happens, but it'd be cool. One major sports network to, to stream all the, the major sports in Minnesota would be super cool, but we'll see. That's all I got, BG. Final thoughts? You're good. Let's watch some Thursday night football. Skull Vikes, and uh, we'll talk some Gopher basketball. They're in action tonight as well. We'll talk about them next week because they're playing a little better basketball. We'll see you all then. There is a house in New Orleans. They call the rising sun. 